in a world driven by selfies and social media, where empathy and entrepreneurs are considered contradictory. One podcast has set out to put empathy back in the boardroom by hearing from the best entrepreneurs around the world. Empathize It will hear from the leaders of the digital economy and learn how the soft skills drive their business. This is the Empathize It podcast. believe this is the first time that Ross Quintana and I are actually having a real-time conversation. For the past few years, he and I have had many interesting conversations, both about personal and professional areas. We've spoken about social, digital, our families. Even though we live close to 9,000 miles away, we've had so many things that we can talk about and see eye to eye about. So I'm looking forward to this conversation, not only because Ross is such an influential person in the online space, but also because he's become a really great friend. So just a bit of background about Ross. Ross is the founder and chief analyst of Social Magnets. He helps grow their online audience and their authority. He's ranked by BuzzSumo as one of the top 100 social media influencers. He hosts the Social Magnet Live show. And he's a personal branding coach for the thought leaders and executives. And what I really enjoy about Ross is that he's so passionate about business strategy and development, and he really knows how to frame it in a way that's not only high level, but it also brings it down to the practical level. And one last thing about Ross is that he's a contributor to CMO.com. So across all the different planes and platforms, Ross really has an authority, and he does it all from the comfort of his home, which really shows that entrepreneurship is possible. And he knows and understands so many different aspects of what it takes to create a real great digital brand. So I'm looking forward to this opportunity to hear from Ross, not only in real time, but also to share with you what his vision is for empathy, entrepreneurship, emotional intelligence. One last side note is before we actually hit the record button, Ross and I spoke about the vision and the map of the Empathize It podcast. And it was so impressive to me that before we even got a chance to talk about empathy, he was talking about it in a way that resonated with everything that that I had in, in mind. So this is just a part of the conversation that he and I had really late at night for me. And I look forward to hearing your comments about Ross Quintana and Empathize It. Go for it. Bam. Red lights on and we're talking about empathy and how it uh, connects to business and how it's actually the glue, I would say. I I would boldly say it's the glue underneath all the stuff that people are measuring up on top all the metrics, all the technology, all the management skills and the Six Sigma and every other thing that people want to talk about in business. Um, Underneath all that is empathy, which is our basic ability to actually connect and transfer value and create feeling from one person to another. That right there, that skill, you know, I can say for myself in my own entrepreneurial journey, all of the things that we say, oh, these are little highlights in your life. Oh, I, I won this award. Oh, I got this many millions of views on this interview or something like that. 
all those things can all be focused and filtered back to a relationship, which can be filtered back to a feeling between two people that was transferred. And that was the catalyst that all the decisions that were made after there of, will I have you on my show? Will I offer you that job? Will I, will I, you know, rent that house to you? Will I sell you this thing you bought? Whatever it is, every business relationship, um, is tied back to that. And even if we look at consumers on, on, on the inside, there's still this, like the whole marketing pools, right? It, in a way, it becomes this like, like it's gotten to the high level of like, hey, we're going to manipulate emotions and we're going we're gonna to run fMRI scans on kids' heads while we show them different colors for, for the Happy Meal and see which ones they light up their brain more. Like, at the end of the day, right, everybody's trying to go in with a mechanical set of arms and, and create this feeling, get this feeling that, that causes action. You want to look at self-improvements, personal development, motivation, all this kind of stuff. It all boils back down. Everybody's looking for this top surface level, outer shell of stuff, and they're missing the core piece. The core piece is empathy. It's, it's the fact that if you were on the planet by yourself, right, what are you looking for? You're going to take a volleyball and you're going to paint a face on it and you're going to, you want human connection with somebody else. Right. And even the empathy in that example, you know, stranded on the island, the, the, the need, the human desire to connect, like look at social media, look at the like button and, and the endorphins that it's hitting people's brains with and, and all the science behind that. But why? Why do I want to know that 50 people liked my post or my live stream or shared it or anything like that? Because I want to know that there's a connection, that there's some value of empathy. There's some transfer and connection where somewhere someone is connected with me personally in a way that's personal. It works for brands. It works for people. At the end of the day, the failure in business is to understand that if you are measuring this, this measure of empathy and this delivery of value and how it drives action, and you're measuring everything else, and you don't even know the key ingredient, the key KPI, right, that, that's going to drive action in your business, then what you're doing is a lot of, of really unoptimized work with technology and management and systems and all this stuff that business people are doing. And that's a big failure. And it's kind of like finger painting, you know, when you watch a kid and they're finger paint and they're your kid. So it's really cool. No matter what they smear on their piece of paper, it's like, Oh, it's so good. I'm going to put it on the fridge. It's not really that good. The right. fact is it's not that good. There's nothing really intrinsic about it. Although I would go back to the empathy point right. that it means something to you. There's right. a transfer of feeling, but the fact is that's how businesses are operating in a way. They're just finger painting. They're just not that skilled. They're just not that good. They haven't developed to the point and they're even going to be trying to use technology and AI and personalization and all of this to kind of pretend to be at a point when in reality, what they need to do is they need to understand that if you don't start figuring out how empathy is connected to your business, how it's connected to your leadership, to your employees, to your customer, to the design of your product, to the experience that you eventually put out in your products, then you're, how can you manage it? You know, it's like they say, if you don't measure it, you can't manage it. And people are managing all the wrong things. And I think that we're going to bring um, empathy 
you know, in, into the forefront and help people to start on earth and look at it in their own personal success, look at it in their business success, look at it in their failures, look at it in the case studies of other businesses that why did this happen? Because if you look at the end result and you go, Oh, Hey, that's really great. But you don't understand where it came from. Right. Then, then what are we, a bunch of cavemen that are running inside afraid because, you know, there was a, a thunder and we thought, what is this? This must be something. And we're naming it all kinds of things, all kinds of wackadoo things. And, we, and then they start thinking, hey, we got to throw we got to throw a maiden into the volcano to make it to stop erupting. You know, maybe just learn. Why is it erupting? What does it work? How does this thing? This isn't you know, and that's how business is being done. We can't keep doing business in an absolute guessing environment and then manage all these things that don't really matter. Wonder why it's inconsistent because we've been doing business this way and we manage these things and we thought they were doing those things like, hey, I wore my purple socks and my team won. So now if I just wear my purple socks again, my team will keep winning. And that's not how it works. There comes a point you have to step back and say, it's not the purple socks, bro. There's something else. Maybe figure out what's actually causing them to win or lose and go work on those things because you can drive those numbers, you can drive those metrics. And that's what we want to do is connect empathy to all the business processes, failures, successes, all that so that people can start to manage the right thing. Oh man, you just spit out a whole lot of fire, man. If I could, <laughs> I'm going to be recording, I'm recording this and I'm just sitting there like saying is, I wish it wasn't 12, 15 in the morning in my time. Cause this thing is just like, I, I want to go live and just go all the time on this thing. Um, Ross, you just literally have uh, taken exactly what I've been saying about, uh, you know, for years that it's not only the, the marketing efforts, the paid advertising, the, you know, all your SEO work, all your social content, everything is, is great. It's important to have everything that's on point and it works and that you're doing everything consistently and having that schedule and everything. But when you do it with a sense of like, it's not just the hard line, you know, traditional, we'll call it um, air quotes, traditional marketing style. And all of a sudden you say, wait a minute, there's something behind all this marketing and it's not just you know, let's just automate the hell out of this thing. It's not automation because automation, a monkey can do it, right? But you're talking about something that you say is why are we automating and what's the, what, what's working on the automation? What's not working? And then we have to start playing with that. And then when you give, like you said, when you give that human component back to it and you start saying is, wait a minute, this ad worked because I put, you know, the smiley face or whatever I put on there, that worked. Why did it work? Because it resonated, resonated with the customer. Well, if it's resonating with the customer, Hello, Mr. Business. You know the customer is actually the person you want to want it to resonate with. So that, like that, res- that resonance and that that ability to kind of really make those positive experiences is not just automation. It's actually more about that human brand. And I think even though we're talking, like you mentioned before, you mentioned this like big thing about you know personalization is big now, big data is huge now. But those things are all great as like a in a theoretical level, but all of a sudden you have this thing where I don't think we're going to ever get it to point to full automation, in my opinion. What do you think? Well, and the funny thing is, is you, you, you brought up about, you know, the, this whole idea of marketing and we made this color and it worked and this and that, but it's like businesses don't understand. Do you, do you want a hug? Like, do you want an air hug? Like they got air quotes. How right. about air hug? Like how about if someone comes up to you and wants to hug you, but they don't want to touch you? You know, they're like a germaphobe, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I would say I could slip into that space a little bit, not really, but, but I am well aware, like, 
Yeah, I think when you got kids, you're like, oh my gosh, stop touching everything. <laughs> right. You're just running your hand along yeah. every place where everyone goes, you know. But the fact is, is like, how warm and inviting is it if someone walks up to you and you want to go out and give them a hug and they don't want to touch you? Right. That's how businesses operate every single day. They want to sit behind their marketing and say, well, we picked the color red because that tested well and we did this. We don't actually want to know you on the other hand. Like I I wrote about this a long time ago. The, 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 The value of talking to a single one of your customers like through social media, like the reason why businesses still barely understand how to use social media is because they think, well, they want it to be a broadcast tool instead of realizing that, wait a minute, I could go out and actually talk to Jeff in Topeka, Kansas, who bought my product and loves it. Like, but they don't see how that's scalable. So they don't see how that's valuable, but they don't understand. That's an actual hug. You know, a real hug feels great. I mean, there's literally neurochemical changes in your body and, and, and in your brain that happen when you hug somebody or when you smile, like the fact is, is that there's a huge impact that businesses could be having. And if they just never want to touch their customer and they want to do it all from five feet away and they're like, yeah, I don't want to know you. You gross me out. Uh, I just want you to buy my product and don't touch me. Like that's how business is being done. And it's so horrible. And it just leaves the, the door wide open. That's why like mom and pops, small businesses, like they'll come out and they'll hug a customer that they've right. known, you know, for five years because they're like, Hey, they, they care. Right. And that's the difference. And it's like, it's so funny because small business and large business have so much, <laughs> that's my baby throwing a fit in the that's background. Okay. Look, small businesses and large businesses have a problem because they both need to learn from each other. Right. And neither of them maybe feel like there's something there that they can learn from one another. You know, the small businesses need to understand that there is an element of management and strategy that they need to learn from the big businesses because the big businesses don't care because all they're there for is to reach into your pocket and take a dollar out of your pocket. There's some things to be learned in the, in that single minded greediness. Now, on the other hand, big businesses don't understand if you want to reach into a million people's pockets and take a dollar out that if you actually showed that empathy, if you showed that you cared about them, if you took the time instead of making it robotic. See, see, we walk by stuff all the time. You walk down the street, you see in the billboards, you see in the windows full of products. You walk into a store, the stores they have today, they're ridiculous. How many products do they have? Hundreds of thousands of products in a single store. And you walk through to buy your one little thing that you needed to go there and you buy three or four other things. But out of how many choices you were presented with, it's ridiculous. But why don't we hug all those people? So who do we hug right now? You walk into a crowded place. Do you start hugging everybody? That's a little bit weird. (laughs) Um, But if you see your friend in the crowd, you walk over and you give them a hug. You see, that's the same way it is. But why wouldn't brands want to be that product that we walk over and hug and we hug it with our dollar bills? We hug it with our credit cards when we pull out and we buy it. That's a hug. So if there's a hundred thousand products on the shelf and I'm only going to go in and buy three today, what are they doing that the other ones need to learn from that? They got my attention. They got my hug. They got my dollar bills. We made a connection. What is it the way that I think about those products that I feel I need them when there's 20 other competitors next to them? Why did I want that brand? Why did I pass all the other stuff on the way there and just weren't interested? Those are the robots. We don't connect with objects. 
Right. We connect with people, right? right. Blue is that empathy. So businesses need to understand that they can do this at scale. Right. But you know what? It isn't from technology. Right. It's actually, it's from leadership. When the leadership cares. Right. Absolutely. Then that's going to matter. When, when everybody in the organization, when we talk about company culture, cares, that's when it's going to matter. That's when you get a product that was designed for the customer, uh, marketing that was designed not to trick the customers into buying them, but into taking this awesome thing that you created for this particular group of people and then going and finding those people to give them that tremendous value that you made for them because you made a gift for them and they don't know it yet and you didn't want to just make this masterpiece and give it to nobody. You made it for someone very specific. You want to find those specific people that's targeting all this and that, and then you want to bring it in. I think that businesses need to get away from those days of trying to sell to someone that they didn't make for. Like they're willing to sell girls shoes to anybody. It doesn't have to be the right size, right? gender. doesn't have to be the right anything. They'll sell girls shoes to a dog on the street if a dog has a credit card, right. you know, they don't care. So what happened in between that place where they designed that shoe that's, that, that they made in a size seven for a particular person who would love the glitter they put on it, why don't they just want to go find those people? See, that's, that's a bigger, deeper subject, but that's the problem with marketing. Actually, marketing at its purest form is just finding the people who you created something for. You know, if I create something for somebody, I want to do it's the mail system, right? Right. What happens if you start getting mail from somebody else, right? Right. That doesn't belong. It's not for you. Are you going to open it and go through? Hopefully not. (laughs) It's a federal crime. Um, But the fact is, you know, it's, it's irrelevant to you. The only mail that matters that you get is the mail that was addressed to you. Somebody over there said, hey, I'm sending this to you. And it's at your address and inside is the things I need to get delivered to you. Right. And we consider that a great success if all the mail, right, goes where it was supposed to go. And right. it's a, it would be totally stupid if you just started throwing out them wherever they want. And everyone would be like, where'd my mail go? Right. I didn't get my right mail. And someone who, who the thing that was for me, they got it. Right. And the fact is, is like if people understood that that's the purest form of marketing right there is delivering the mail. Like right. – it's designing the product for a specific value that you're going to connection that you can make with the customer and getting to that right customer. And don't worry about selling to anybody else. Like that is gold. And it also shrinks your footprint down. So you don't need millions of impressions and a bunch of worthless KPIs that don't mean anything because the only thing that matters is if you made that Mac and cheese, right. that, that there's a group of say a hundred thousand people who that's their favorite Mac and cheese. It just blows their mind. They love it. They'll drive across three stores to find it to wherever it is. Cause they know exactly what they want. They're not going to buy any other Mac and cheese. They want your Mac and cheese. You need to figure out who those customers are and then stop worrying about scale because it isn't about scale. It's about targeting. And if you get the right target, bam, you've got your like most enthusiastic, most loyal you talk about customer retention, you cut customer brand loyalty, brand affinity, all that goes through the roof when you find the right people, when you deliver the mail right. to who it's addressed to. All right, I'm going to end with one more thing because I just saw this amazing article. I don't remember who, uh, where I saw it. I would think it was on Twitter recently, probably today even. So this awesome article uh, in Marketing Week, um, it's talking about how direct-to-consumer brands are actually reshaping the entire marketing industry. Um, basically, 
you know, we've, we've kind of got to a point where everyone's basically, you know, buying on Amazon and buying these, you know, basically using these mask companies to basically get their products to their directly to their house. But it's, it, and it's kind of, in some ways, it's kind of leveling the playing field because people are saying is that I just want to know that the, per, the product that I'm looking for, like you mentioned, is what I want, right? The product I want is coming to my house without anything in between. So I want to know that the brand I'm looking for is getting right to me and the customer is saying is that's what I want. That's exactly what I want. I don't want anything else. I don't want to hear the noise, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And basically this article, uh, I think it's even dated. When is it dated? It's dated today or uh, dated yesterday. So it says like this, the explosion of director consumer brands over the f- past few years marks a shift in the ways products are sold, disrupting established industries and causing a fundamental change in brands relations with the consumers, which if I had to look through the article a little bit more, I'm sure I'll find a couple of words that are, you know, Brian Smith from Wink. I'm not even sure what Wink is, but I would guess I would think it's a, uh, I think it's a uh, contact lens brand of some sort. I, I think it's a, he's that's like the big quote that's in big bold. It says each bottle delivered is an opportunity to interact with an engaged. Oh, it's a wine company. Sorry, each bottle delivered <laughs> is an opportunity to interact with an engaged wine consumer. That's it. You have an opportunity to interact. You, your your product is going to the right person. It's the it's they it's what they want. And now you as the brand have the opportunity to say is thank you for that connection. Thank you for delivering getting the mail that I want you to get. And the, the customer is saying is thanks for giving me the mail exactly what I want at the right time. And now we have an opportunity to really create a really great interaction. I mean, it's just like it's unbelievable that this is where the trend is going. Um, but you know, many many thought leaders have thought about said this many times over that we're kind of regressing back to the olden days where people walk into a mom and pop shop and they just walk in and say, yes, mister, I want my, you know, my favorite steak. I walk in, he's, he already knows when you walk, open that door, he knows already what to give you before you even walk in because, or as he sees you walking in, he sees you and he's like, you want that cut of meat because I know you already, I know what you want. And instead of having to, you know, having a hundred people walk in and be like, okay, I'll just take your order. It's personal. It's great. And you mentioned it before people just walking into that store and getting that nice smile. That's what they want. So that direct to consumer brand is are clearly disrupting marketing and disrupting the entire industry. Um, and you know, one thing I want to throw yeah. in here is, you know, and we're going to have to create a piece of content on this because I feel like uh, it, what it really, it, it, you know, that information comes out here, but underneath the surface is the reasoning behind why is this happening? Everyone could say, Oh, Amazon. Oh, look at this. What's the number one thing that you do on Amazon? I'm sifting. I got five or six Amazon tabs over. Why do they have reviews? Because I need to eliminate the right. things I don't want. I spend all my time, right? Everybody's saying, oh, look at Amazon. It's great because I can go and get whatever I want and ship right. right to my house. Now, look at the old model of retail. And this is we'll, we'll put a we'll, we'll write a post on this. So be looking out for this post. Because we're going to dig into retail. Retail is a big deal. I've written about it many times about the future of retail and why they don't need to close their doors and blame Amazon. The fact is they don't. They just need to get the right mindset, which is that you're no longer putting things out on a shelf for people to rummage through and maybe find what they want. Because a search engine can do that so much faster. But what you really should be doing, A, make sure you have the specific things people want. And you need to be able to deliver that experience to them when they come and get it. That's another piece. But the most important thing is that's why people shop on Amazon. It's because you know that they'll have the selection. So the, the, the kind of 
the problem is, is that you're going to go to the store. They don't have what you want. But guess what? When I go to Amazon and I'm looking through stuff, I spend hours on there looking for the exact thing that I want because I want to, oh, well, this is good, but there's other brands or, hey, I got to compare it to this. I got to read all the reviews over there. I got to read them over here. I got to see which ones are fake, which ones are real. I got to go through all this stuff to try and find what I want. So we're not there yet. Don't think Amazon is the solution. Don't think you're dead because you're in retail. The fact is, giving the customer exactly what they want and as fast as possible between them having to look and find what they want, that is the future of retail. And it's not being done perfect by Amazon. It's certainly not being done well in retail. There's a lot of room to grow, but if you don't know, right, just like we talked about, if you don't know what you're needing to do, if then how are you going to win? So no businesses are winning. Don't tell me Amazon's winning. Amazon is, is a bump in the road right now because they're doing a little bit and it's not, they can't just take credit. I, I'm sure that they're brilliant over there and all this and that. But what I will say is, you know what? They got a search bar. If my store had a search bar, I mean, any of these businesses could have all their inventory online in an app yeah. so I can search it, go in, pick it up if I want or have it delivered. Like, and, an, and an app that actually was really clear, friendly, intuitive, like kind of like the the Netflix of apps for shopping, right? Like you know, there's really clear, really remember remembers your activity and delivers what you want or what you've looked at in a better way. And most importantly, like Google, yeah. How did Google win? Google win won in the same way that Amazon won because they just got a search bar. This isn't complicated, people. You go to Google and you put in what you want. And its whole thing is, can I give you what you want? That's why Google rankings, SEO, all that stuff is about how can I make sure and not give you, waste your time looking through a bunch of stuff. I'm going to rank these million websites and try and tell you the top 10 so that you can just quickly get to what you want. Look, that's the secret sauce right there. And that's the same thing that's made Amazon what it is today. It has so much less to do with all the things people think it does. It has to do with you took re- you gave retail a search bar, Right. You gave retail a search bar, and that's why it became popular, and that's why everything else happened. And any store can do this. You could do this in-store with different things. How much are they optimizing the ability for the customer to come into their store between layout, between apps, between audio, video, signage, to personalization on on their past purchases? And and one of the things that's so To take them right to what they want. And one thing that we forgot to mention is the staff. Having the staff walk in and be like, Yes, sir. Welcome to our store. What can we get for you today? Right. Imagine if every store had one of those nice people with a big smile and saying, what can I get you? How can I help you today? That guy would be like the search bar doesn't give you a hug. Here's the deal. The staff is the old search bar. Right. Right. I mean, once you start to see these things this way, you're going to go, wait a minute. Hold on. We've been missing a lot of the things here because sometimes the simple thing is the most powerful thing. It's the profound thing. You skipped right over it. You didn't realize the whole treasure was sitting right there in front of you. It, the staff, hey, how may I help you? What are they? Search bar. Put a query in. Oh, where are your men's leather coats? Oh, they're right over here. Let me show them to you. That's just going and typing in men's leather coats and the results are brought to you. Like in this case, this is, this is what retail was. But retail had just failed to develop that older, slower system. But here's what they got that you don't get from the search bar. You get a smiling person. You get empathy. You get connection. You get to experience sights, smells, and all this stuff in a physical environment that you didn't be able to get. Why are they not dominating the in-store experience? 
That's one thing I can't get from Amazon is an experience. I just type in what I want and the robot comes over and gives it to me and puts it in my cart and I put in my you know card info and I buy it. Look, there's no experience there. It's very little. It's a very, very limited digital experience. And by the way, if they want to dominate, they better figure that out too. And of course, they're already working on some physical locations, but that also includes making more incredible digital experience, not that slow you down, but that give you something of value and empathy, right? A human connection in that. Why is there nothing in there? Right. Like there isn't anything between my cart and me checking out. And they probably consider that that's a success. They probably think, cool, we've streamlined it. We don't want anyone to abandon their cart. We, we want to make it as fast, as quick as possible. Guess what? Here, come give me a hug fast and quick as possible. There, oh, I did that. it. I there, I hug my kids as fast and quick as possible. I don't want to give them any more love or my wife any more love than than I can get in one nanosecond. Like that's stupid. That's not human. That's not how we. That's not how we work as a society. I want to yeah. actually. I want to give a credit. Actually, what today I was giving. Uh, I was buying something on Fiverr for this podcast. I'm, I'm going to give a big shout out to Fiverr for this one because I think you know Fiverr obviously has a lot of great strengths and they also have some flaws. We all know it, right? He, but when I clicked on buy within, you know, everyone is pretty automated. So it's not a question, but I, the truth is I, I'm going to, the email that I got from that, I saved it because it was so cool. It's, it's not your receipt. You don't get a receipt. There's no receipt. You get an email and it says your proof of doing right. And it says, congrats, you've officially accomplished something today. Think about that messaging and the person, who, <laughs> think about the person who's in charge of automation of that, yeah. that journey he's got to win in my book. I mean, unbelievable. Like that's what Fiverr is all about. That's what they want to do. And instead of talking about your general receipt and your stupid, like, you know, here's how much you paid and how much you're going to lose money because now confirmation number things like, Hey, do you have a pen to write down your confirmation? What do I care about my confirmation number? Like that means nothing to me, you know? I was just like, wow, what a, what a unique way of, uh, of framing a a proof of purchase. Thank you, Ross. You've, it's been amazing. In fact, it, at the know, end, it says bringing you this wonderful product right. today. Right. It says, oh, I'll take that instead of a confirmation number. It's, it says, it actually says thanks at the, you know, at the end, it says thanks for your, you know, whatever it is. And of course, all the standard, there's all the standard context that everyone, you know, content that everyone is expecting, but I just like the way they framed it in a way that's just like more human. It's like, you know, you've already, you've already accomplished something. So that, let's move on. So I've touched into, I've tapped into the fact that they know what Fiverr knows that I'm like looking to achieve something, get this done quickly yes. at a couple of bucks, you know, no, no problems asked. And instead of me having to deal with it. And then when I get that receipt, instead of me saying is, okay, I found what I want. I get this confirmation from them. They're like, yes, we're validating that you just accomplished something that took no more than five bucks or 10 bucks. And now you can move on, you know, check you're done. And it well, just- they, 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 they quickly understood. Uh, and, and maybe we'll add the little, little kind of little case studies like this in, yeah. in the show as we go, because what they actually did is they just zoomed forward and said, what do you want? It's like when you buy a treadmill, when you buy a treadmill or your P90X system, right? The minute you put your credit card information in there and do that, you feel like you lost weight. You feel like you're in better shape because a minute ago you were doing nothing. And even though it hasn't showed up, even though half the time you're going to drive down the street and you're going to say, here, free treadmill, right? Because someone, someone made three payments on that of $199. Why? Because the minute they paid for that, yeah. they got the mind hack that they were working out. Right. And so all of a sudden they got this sense of accomplishment. And what they simply did was say, look, you're going on to our thing. You're trying to buy this service. We're going to tell you you bought the service because you don't really want the service. What you want 
is to get something accomplished. And that's why you're here to hopefully outsource one of these little tasks to somebody. And so they gave you the reward right as soon as you purchased it and let you know you just accomplished something. I think, you know, I congratulations. Think so, I think it was such a hasn't awesome. even been delivered yet. No, but, <laughs> right? but, but that's it. It hasn't been delivered yet, but that's like you've accomplished something. So I, I, I think smart. it's a, such a smart way to like re, you know, think from the customer's perspective. And at the end of the day, we know the customer is the person who's really the the end of all the products, right? He's the, the reason why the company exists. He's the reason he's the why it exists and why it's successful. And if they if they thought about it from that side and they, they got the right language, they got the right you know, everything in context correctly. They got the right mindset. Like you said, the mind hack, they got it all down to, to a science and, and that simple email, which could have been just a bunch of numbers and a, a quick email. And, you know, we all know what all, we can think of so many examples that are simple receipts or proofs of purchase that you get in your email. You're just like, okay, another one. But like just twisting that little bit, that little bit of a difference makes that person or makes yeah. me talk about it in a way that's just like, wow, Here's they got thing. it. Here's the thing. What did they do? They transferred first of all see to empathize is to understand right so they understood what would make you happy and it wasn't that you purchased a gig right. that was going to be delivered in three days right. what makes you happy is the feeling of accomplishment and so they just cut straight to it you purchased right. this then we're going to give you that that you know that hit of endorphins by saying hey you accomplished something and and that comes from them thinking about how you feel so that's all I'd have to ask you. How did you feel when you read that? It was a transfer of feeling. They used words to create a feeling inside you that had to come from some type of knowledge and thoughtfulness to know that that was the feeling you desired, right? Right. They don't care about the feeling you desired. They could have just sent you a receipt saying, you paid $5 for this service. It'll be delivered in three days. But instead, they said, hey, we care about how you feel about what you just did. And so now as we think about that, we're going to give back to you that feedback loop to make you feel that and to reinforce that feeling that we know you were searching for. So we sold you a service, but you were searching for a feeling of accomplishment. We're going to go back and we're going to give you that feeling of accomplishment. That's the value they delivered. You know, there's, I, I'll, I will, we'll end on one little interesting thing here. There, there was a, and I can't remember if it was, it might have been Gladwell. No, I think it was Seth Godin, um, super smart guy. Yeah. Um, and, and he talked about how basically he was sending, and if it, if it was Malcolm or Seth, I don't know, but they're both brilliant, a couple of my favorite authors. So we'll give them both the credit for being brilliant, whoever said it. Um, but they were talking about basically how, you know, like when you were a kid, you saved up the box tops and then you sent away for this x-ray vision glasses, like an old reference here. <laughs> uh, so, so you could get these x-ray. And, and basically the idea was that you saved up all these box tops, you sent away from it. And like back then, you know, of course, it's in like 10 to 12 weeks or something right. like that. So you just no Amazon next day. You're just, okay, if I were every day between now and the next two months, <laughs> what ends up, you kept thinking about it. You kept being excited about it. How's it going to work? I'm going to be able to look through objects, all that. You end up getting the glasses and they're glasses that have a little skeleton hand etched on the glasses. So when you look at your hand, it looks like a bone a little bit, right. but it's not really X-ray glasses, but that wasn't the value that they delivered. You know why nobody was disappointed in getting those glasses? You think, oh, that's such a big disappointment. Because the magnified joy that you got every day thinking about 
having the ability to see through objects and see through walls and how would you use that and blah, blah, blah. That was all the joy that was worth all the box tops. Right. The actual object itself, and you're going to see this in consumerism and the way people purchase stuff. It's the same when people buy a lottery ticket and right. they sit there and they imagine, whoa, I'd buy my parents a house. Mm-hmm. I would do this. I'd get that Lambo I wanted. I'd do all this, right? And then I, I used to have friends and they're like, why do you buy a lottery ticket? That's so dumb. You're never going to win. And it's like, it doesn't actually matter if you win because right. it's giving you, what is it when you go to a movie, right? You get to be transformed. You get to be taken away to this world that doesn't exist, this fantasy world that doesn't exist, right? It's not real. Nobody sits in the theater and tells everybody, you know, this isn't real, right? Like there's no planet called this. You don't get to fly. There isn't any, but why are people, because for a minute, they're just enjoying the imagination of something else, even if it's not real. And they actually pay very high money for this. The, the movie rental, the, the movie theater business, it's massive. People have billions of dollars so they can pretend to think about things, right. right? So to think that there's no value in pretending to think about things, for $1, that's a very cheap movie ticket that I will bet that most people who buy that and sit there and spend that five or 10 minutes daydreaming about all the things they're going to buy if they won, that's the value they got. They got to envision themselves with everything they could ever want in their minds because it only cost them a dollar. Now, technically, little growth act, you don't have to buy the ticket to, 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 to sit there and imagine. You can have that for free. But it's that's really the value that's delivered. So for all the businesses out there, think about the value that you're delivered. You know what? If you don't have next day delivery, what do you have? Are you jazzing out your customers? Give you a quick little tactic here. Are you jazzing them out? They just bought something and you're going to slow ship it to them in five to seven days. Are you following up with an email, getting them excited with videos about the product that they're just ordered and they can't wait to get? Are you magnifying that and building the hype up around that when they get that product? Are you sending them awesome reviews and and making them excited about it? Because you could. It doesn't cost much. And people think, oh, they already bought it. Let's move on to the next person to try and get the next person to buy it. And it's like, no, let's make the people who bought it between the time they buy it and the time they experience, let's blow their mind. Let's let's make them excited and create the anticipation. And oh my gosh, I can't wait till you get that new NVIDIA graphics card, right? The, the, the new 2070s, 2080s uh, just were announced yesterday. And you know what? Man. Make me excited. Take me to that trailer. Show me how amazing it's going to be. It's either going to make me want to buy it, or if I already bought it, it's going to make me just love it more when I, before it ever arrives, I'm going to be jazzed about it. So that's a tactical tip that any business can think about is how are you driving that? You know, you don't have to cry about Amazon because you don't have next day shipping. Okay. What you have to do is make your five day experience freaking amazing. And people will be like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. I'm so glad I'm waiting five days. You could do it. It just takes smarts. <laughs> it doesn't take anything else. Strategy, positioning, and smart. Okay, Ross. I think after, let's see, we've been on the phone together now or been on the conversation now for about almost an hour. Um, some of it was recorded. Some of it was not so recorded. Um, but I, I, can't, I can only say something is like, I look forward to future conversations because we are talking the same, uh, the same mindset. We're having the same conversation, same wavelength. And I think we are going to have some great content coming out of here. And I think um, 
if we have nothing else, we're, we're bringing the, the awareness of empathy and how important it is to really any size, any size business, organization, brand, whatever it is, big, small, any entrepreneur, any, anything can really take a, take a second and say, what can I do to think a little bit more about what my customer and my entire experience from the business, from the customer, from the brand, from the, my staff, what can I do a little bit more to think and to feel from their perspective as opposed to just saying is, where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money? If I think about it a little bit more and a little bit harder, you and I, Ross, have won. And I think if we can really get them to empathize it, our, 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 our goals have been achieved. And that's what I'm looking forward to. So thanks, Ross, for the time. Um, I'm really looking forward to putting out this podcast. I think it's going to be an awesome one, especially as podcast number two. And um, I look forward to future conversations. Absolutely. So awesome. All right, man. Thank you so much. All right. You bet. Be sure to sign up for the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And remember, the next time you're doing business in the digital economy, make sure to empathize it. <laughs>